Mike, you got any roommate horror stories? Uh, none that I'm legally allowed to uh, tell on this podcast. You know, that, that, uh, that that's probably for the best. Um, we've all had a nightmare in hell <laughs> situation. And, you know, if you guys get us drunk enough, maybe we'll tell you some of those stories. But, guys, that, that's for another podcast. Everyone, welcome to the Messed Up at Midnight podcast, the show that's just like an obsessive ex. And I'm going to leave you guys to figure out what that means. I'm your host, Max Steele. And as always, I'm joined by my obsessive ex. It's Michael Flaherty, everyone. <sighs> we dated and we had something. We had something, Max. I'm 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 here to follow you. Follow you wherever you go. I'm it's I'm I'm like I'm like that sting song, but like it, but like in real life where it stops being like very romantic and starts being really creepy. Really really creepy. And I'm just sitting over here just like, "Bro, you showed up <laughs> in my room at 3 a.m. when I wasn't even at my house. I was you know, on a trip." in fucking was, Oregon and you found me. I, I did not share intimate details of I where played, I was going to be. I was sitting there. I took one out of John Cusack's book and I just showed up with my stereo. I was blasting some Peter Gabriel and I was like, Max, where have you been, bud? And then you just texted me. You're like, I'm in Oregon. What's going on? And I was like, ooh, I should probably leave. <laughs> so getting past whatever the fuck that opening was, guys, <laughs> Today, we're talking about the 2011 psychological thriller film, The Roommate. So it's about this girl, Sarah, a college freshman. She goes off to the big, largely homeless city of L.A. for college when a new roommate, Rebecca, starts to get a little too obsessed with her and not in the John Cusack way. So, Mike, what did you I think I know what you're going to say, but what did you think of this movie? This movie's shit, dude. This movie is so I like I wish I could sit there and just and just like dress it up and be like, this movie, it's like X, Y, and Z. But this is the one of those rare moments in the podcast in where it's like a movie's so bad that you just can't help but just be honest with everybody. Like Bucky Larson was a good was was a good example. Glitter was a really good example. And then I would also say Ice Pirates was a good mm -hmm. example of movies that just really wore me down to my core to where I couldn't even hem it up. I was like, damn, this this blows. This fucking blows. And this movie's another one, another one to add to that list because this movie is like the blandest ripoff I mm -hmm. think I have watched in a goddamn while. Like well, you know, I don't know if I would say it's a ripoff. I would just say it's cliched to all hell. Oh, oh no. I actually I actually have some empirical evidence to suggest it's a ripoff. Um there's a, so this so I'll 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 do my co-host's job for him for a quick second. This movie's about a stalkerish roommate as he's and like it just goes way overboard. She becomes psychotic and she starts like killing stuff and mm -hmm. like just essentially like just going way overboard. There was a movie released in 1992 called Single White Female that has a virtually identical plot revolving around a girl who has a roommate who starts dressing like her, coloring her hair like her and just obsessing over her in a psychotic manner. 
And I don't know, Max, but that feels pretty goddamn similar to this movie, doesn't it? I mean, I think there was also a movie that came out the same year with, uh, oh, God, was it? Uh, I think my girlfriend was selling like with like with Idris Elba. Well, no, 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 no. It wasn't him. That was another movie. But uh, <laughs> spoiler alert, uh, Cam Gigande. Yeah, we had to look him up. Remember him from Never Back Down? Yeah, he's in this movie. And he also played a stalkerish ex in a movie around this same time. So God damn, damn. Cam. Cam had a came out a great stretch of like four years. It was like never back down to this, and he was just he was just and living Twilight. the good life. He, he was, was in Twilight too. And, I went down a rabbit no hole of, of his acting, and I'm like, dude. And you know, he seems like a cool guy. I think so. Like, I'd love to have okay. him. I'd love to have him on. You know, it's hey Cam. If this lands, if this lands in your lap, like we'll we'll talk to you. We'll talk to you. We want to talk about never back down the roommate because I want to talk about the roommate more because. Never back down. I like I could understand joy, but like the roommate, I was just, oh, my God, like Jesus Christ. So now this movie classifies itself as a thriller. Now, when I say thriller, (laughs) you probably have an image in your mind of what I could be talking about. You know, you think suspense, like a movie like American Psycho, Nightcrawler, maybe Inception, maybe sprinkle in some elements of horror. And now you need suspense in your movie and you don't have suspense, I think your movie just absolutely failed its goal. Now, The Roommate mm-hmm. has absolutely fucking failed its goal. Like, Sarah, she, she's our lead, played by Minka <laughs> Kelly. She doesn't really do anything. She just sees all of these, like, walking red flags in a human being and just stands there just like, oh, yeah, that's really neat. Uh-huh, okay, okay, yeah, I got this tattoo of my sister on my collarbone. <laughs> She's she's like, oh, my God, she is fucking she is the she's she's like a walking loaf of Wonder Bread. Like it's she's so bland and so uninteresting. Like, I know that I know that a lot of these movies like to make their characters like their main protagonists, like the every person like they're supposed to be these like really relatable, like down to earth people. Mm-hmm. They've got some struggles that are unique, but like by and large, you can like sort of fill in their shoes Mm-hmm. She is so they, the writers took her took that like idea to the fucking extreme. Like she is so there's nothing specific about her other than she has a dead sister. That is and that is the fucking ringer that they drag through this whole movie. It's like there is nothing. There's nothing weird. There's nothing kind of off kilter, unique. It is just like Man, what does she like? Sports. What does she also like? Food. What's her favorite genre? Music. Like it's just these. It's just well, she's into fashion. Of, she's into fashion. Oh, no, there we go. Yeah, but, exactly. but you know, she loves her fedoras. But you know, she loves her. She loves her fedoras. Maybe she's got like a, a Reddit page. Maybe she's a mod or something on Discord or Dude, some she, shit. She does. She dresses like she she dresses like a 2010 Reddit mod. <laughs> like it's just fedoras and scarves. Like it's the worst. <laughs> yes, because when I think fashion, I think. Reddit. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I, the, the, the brain cell community really strikes me as the same people that I would see in New York Fashion Week. So also getting back to thrillers, I think they have a little bit of rewatchability. You know, a good thriller you can rewatch a couple of times and like you pick up on things the more that you watch them when like, you know, you already know the ending and you're like, oh, well, maybe maybe we'll get like a little like rewatching Memento a couple of times. You like pick up on like different things, rewatching 
mm-hmm. American Psycho. Like I said earlier, you you begin to think you're like, oh wait, was this like does this mean it's not real? Or like there are those things that you see, you know, maybe you get a little mm-hmm. bit of foreshadowing yeah. you didn't get the first time. This movie mm-hmm. has absolutely none of it. This movie is so by the fucking numbers predictable. <laughs> it is absolutely like insane. Like despite everything that me and Mike have talked about. I think this could be a good movie. It is really possible. Like with some changes in like the editing, maybe do like a recast because our psycho girl, Rebecca, she's there. She, she tries, but it just doesn't give me like that threatening thing that Mm -hmm. that a lot of the best movie serial killers give me. It's, it's, yeah, exactly. It's the thing is, is it feels she, the main antagonist played by Leeton Meester. I, I, I hope, th- I hope I didn't just fucking butcher her name. Just yeah, there. Probably, but like, probably fucking butcher Cam Gigandi's name. So go right ahead. Yeah. So there, yeah, exactly. But it's like, it's the characters are supposed in the, the antagonists are supposed to feel like these like unhinged, unpredictable forces that are just like very, they have like it's either either they go down the route of like they're just like they can't be contained and they're crazy mm-hmm. or they're like these very cold and calculated people in this movie's case she's supposed to be like cold and calculated but also like very emotionally driven mm-hmm. with her like calculations and all of that but it's like what they did instead of like writing her to be like this very like interesting developed like emotional like killer they just made her the equivalent of a bratty teenager with a knife and just way too much of an attitude like it's she just it's just there's there's no there's no weight to anything that she does all it is is it just she goes up she does something heinous and then she just walks off and you as the viewer are left going oh okay like there's not a single moment where she does something that I went like, Oh my God. Or, Oh, Whoa, she did that. It's like, it's just up. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. You know, Le- even, even she does. She, well, sorry. She even does some crazy stuff in this movie. Like mm-hmm. she does. Like if you like the way it's read out, like she does do some crazy things in this movie, but like the way, just the way the movie was paced and shot and everything like that, it just has no, it just has, it has no backbone to it. <laughs> And you know, speaking of speaking of Leet and Meester, she was originally cast as Sarah, our lead girl, but decided to take the role of Rebecca instead. Would that have worked out for her? Maybe, maybe she would. Maybe it would. Maybe like it would have made, at least had emotion. Like I feel like there, like she could have pulled off at least because a little bit more, like you know, of that could have taken that like innocent girl thing because it feels like Minka Kelly was just kind of playing the same character she was playing in Friday Night Lights as Lala Garrity as just like, you know, yes. oh, I'm going off to college now. And, you know, he's <laughs> a Lala Garrity goes to college. And, you know, maybe fucking same thing like with a uh, Cam Gigande. He just kind of seems like a more mellowed out version of his character and never back down you know after he got his ass beat he like you know kind of took some <laughs> just really to reflect on things and you know went off to college got got a little into drumming and you know was like oh i'm gonna join a fraternity and just just kind of like chilled out for the remainder of his time but like yeah uh-huh. that is that is a good way of saying it that is a good way of putting it it's all of these characters just feel like they're playing characters in another movie but just way toned the hell down mm-hmm. like none of these characters ever feel like unique or like individual or like 
honest to God, if you just like, I swear to God, you could just pick pick another like cookie cutter, like bland white girl actress and just put her in Minka Kelly's spot, and there would be no change or weight. Like she does such a eh job. Like it could literally, you could literally just pick and put literally anyone into that spot. Like it, it's so it's there's 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 nothing unique and it just feels like rehashings of previous characters you know who you should have gotten to play uh play rebecca who? 2007 britney spears oh my god just she, she's just running she no she should yeah she should have she would just been like bald just with an umbrella and just like smashing cars and stuff <laughs> like that like dude she would have felt fucking she would have felt off the rails like that would have been he would have been like damn Damn, I don't even know what the hell's going on here. But, you know, we didn't get that. And instead, we got this sad, like, this movie is so vanilla. It's like, it's like a sad hand job. This movie is. I mean, I mean, it, there's, there's no other way I can think to describe this other than you watch it. You're like, wow, this is shit. And then when it's done, you're like, okay. And then you just fucking move on with your life. Like you're not, you don't enjoy it at all. And the suspense and the horror that you're supposed to feel during this movie, it's like the only real like horror that we get is from a, a jump scare where they don't really even do a good job of building up the tension. It's just like, I'm going to just play this just bass hit as loud as I fucking can without blowing out the speakers. And then, oh yeah, that'll get them. And I'm like, no, it's just going to make me jump and make my ears ring for like 15 minutes it was afterwards. it was literally dude i swear to god oh my god this movie has two when it comes to a sound production standpoint this movie's got two two emotions it's either we're gonna whisper through everything and it's gonna feel like fucking asmr it's so quiet or it's a goddamn like car crash level of explosion noises that you're and it's it there's no there's no in between it's either like it's either like Rebecca is killing someone and it sounds like the softest killing of like of your life. Like it sounds like it's just it's it, there's nothing or like they're talking or they're like going out to like a bar or a frat house or something. And it's like loud and you're it's just there's nothing. I, I, I hate it. And getting back to like Rebecca and this kind of links back to a bigger problem, I think, with the movie is it came out and it was rated PG-13. Now, I think you you, you can make PG-13. You can make it. I, I personally think you can make anything horror. You know, we have horror for children that, you know, scarred a fucking generation. But then when you look at like the PG-13 yeah. horror, it like it, some of the violence that we have, it feels like it should hit more. Like there's one scene that we'll get to where Rebecca rips out a girl's belly button ring. And I'm like, there is a cool opportunity there to where you can show it where you can show how like how you know the skin ripping off and like i'm sorry maybe it's just because i watched terrifier recently where i'm thinking oh yeah so i wonder how they can <laughs> do this practically and just you know get like some cool effect because like that would i think seeing that it would be like oh shit and that would at least get you somewhat emotionally invested it's, in the movie but we don't get that is, we just get some pg-13 shitty violence it's oh this is the this again this is one of those moments where I hate to like give it credit, but like honestly, a wee bit of gore would do this movie some fucking good. Mm -hmm. 
like having having like like all of these kills if they were a little bit more like visually intense like if the mm-hmm. movie was kind of like doing a beat a bit more upfront about what the hell happens with mm-hmm. all of the kills that Rebecca does it's just like it would be so much better but instead it's just these like half-assed like cutaways that just it just all it does is just blue ball you it underwhelms you and it blue balls you hand from like sad hand job of a movie dude I'm t- <laughs> it's a sad hand job of a movie it is <laughs> this movie the roommate colon a sad hand job movie <laughs> okay so mike i don't really have too much behind the scenes stuff i'm sure as you can tell we've been going back and forth but let's get to the important question of this podcast man oh yeah mm-hmm. if this movie were mm-hmm. a drink what would it be and why oh i've got uh, okay all right let me drag you through my thought process all right this movie it's uninspired it's uninteresting. It's a. It's supposed to be a cookie cutter suspense horror, suspense thriller horror movie that's available for people who are like over the age of thirteen. So you're like, all right, cool. I feel like I understand what I'm going to get here. It's going to be there's going to be a lot of like tension. There's going to be like one or two scenes where it's going to be gory, and then the rest is going to be like dialogue and like other stuff like that. You're like, mm-hmm. okay, cool, easy, perfect. But this movie under delivers. Like it takes essentially this cookie cutter idea and it under delivers on the base cookie cutter formula Mm -hmm. by not even fulfilling like this like singular gore requirement or it's like having the in-between dialogue that covers most of the movie be so unfucking interesting. So I'm going to say it's not a Smirnoff vodka. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go a little step down and I'm going to say like New Amsterdam. Mm. Like it's not Popov. It's not Popov and it's not Smirnoff and Svedka. Mm -hmm. And it sure as shit isn't Sky. It's like that weird middle ground between like offensively terrible fucking vodkas Mm -hmm. and like vodkas that, you know, you could pass off to a college student. So I'm like, I'm going to pick like New Amsterdam. It's not great, but you know what? It'll it's okay. It's okay, I guess. All right. Now we need that horror, that suspense element, that's that that sort of that sort of punch, that tension between characters, that sort of, oh my god, this person is just unhinged and unwell. But this movie doesn't really do a good job of making them feel like this weighty force of nature that you as the viewer are supposed to be scared of. All it does is just bring together this sort of person who has all the sort of mannerisms of a 15, of a 15 year old who is deep into the hating their parents phase of their like high school career. So we're going to pick not some not some fruit juice, not some cranberry juice for like a vodka crayon. We're going to go like a step down, grab yourself a red thing of like Tampico. And if you know what Tampico is, it's that gallon jug of fruit adjacent juice that you see at the bottom shelf at Walmart. Grab yourself a thing of of berry Tampico. Pour in like pour in an ounce of the berry Tampico, three ounces of that like uh, of that New Amsterdam. Finally, there's that gore that we were talking about. It's a PG-13 movie. You can have a wee bit of gore. You don't. You, you can't go like over the top with it, and you don't need to like 
really like dial it back. You can you can have just an appropriate amount. But this movie doesn't deliver on that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't deliver on the appropriate amount of gore it's allowed to have. So what we're going to do is grab some cranberries, pit the cranberries, obviously, but like don't crush the cranberries and try and get any juices or express any of that cranberry flavor. Just take this uncrushed pitted cranberry and just drop it into the drink. Grab like three of them. It's unrealized potential that you're just kind of wasting by dropping it into a fucking glass. Now, Cam Gigante's in this. And I didn't expect him to be in this. And it floored me. So, we're, I want you to go back to the Never Back Down cocktail. Open up the, open up the liquor cabinet. Remember that monster energy? I want you to just grab some of that monster energy. I want you to screw open the cap, pour in a little bit, pour in a little bit of the monster energy. And you know what? You're looking at it going like, yeah, I'm going to take a quick sip of this. And you take a sip and what you taste isn't monster energy. And you're like, wait, what? What? What do you mean this isn't monster energy? And you look at the can. It's monster energy electrolyte hydrate water. (laughs) And you just, instead of adding that extra punch, that element that sort of thrills, edge of your seat, heart pumpingness, you've just watered it down. And you just sit there mm-hmm. and you go, okay, well, it's, it says it's, it says purple passion on it. So I don't know, let's pour it a little bit more. Maybe that'll taste, maybe that'll make it taste better. And it doesn't, it doesn't. All it does is water it down more. All it does is water it down more. So you have this sort of half-assed, watered-down, not-vodka-cranberry, vodka-cranberry. And you're just holding it, and you want to spice it up somehow. So I want you to take that vo- that not-vodka-cranberry, walk yourself outside, find a person who's drinking a beverage. It doesn't need to be an alcoholic beverage. It could just be someone sipping on some boba, someone walking around with their morning coffee. And I want you to... Mimic them for the entirety of which you're drinking this coffee or drinking this drink. Like all of their mannerisms, all of their movements, follow them. Drink your drink until your drink is done. And then you just walk off and go mine and go do the rest of your day. But if you don't get a charge, that's my drink. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm intrigued about the, 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 what, what was it though? The red adjacent fruit that you got at the bottom shelf. Of yeah. The, what, Barry what the, Tampico. Barry Tampico. I listen. I I, I don't think. I, I, listen. I'm poor, but I don't think I'm that poor. So you know that gi- that gives Dude, me that gives me some struggle. <laughs> you, oh, were, you, you 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 weren't cream corn sandwiches and Barry Tampico. <laughs> no, but I was brown rice in a like 400 square foot apartment. So I'll let you figure out <laughs> which one yeah, of us had okay, it worse. You were struggling. You were struggling. <laughs> so okay, I, I like I like how you uh, brought in a uh, Cam Gigante. I, I did mine a little bit different, and I think it, this I think my version was maybe a little bit more movie apt. But if you're gonna have okay. any one of our drinks, where you want to get that Cam Gigante, I'm gonna go ahead and tell you guys: drink Mike's. Just just absolutely want to just drink absolutely. his. <laughs> you, you'll see it's, why it's, in a second. <laughs> all right. Okay. 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 So this movie. I love your drink, Mike, by the way. Love it, love it, love it. Hell yeah. So, uh, this movie is cliched. 
It's boring. It's bad. Dealing with an obsessive girl in California. This movie doesn't offer a whole lot of points for us to latch on to for a drink. But, you know, I'm going to try. So for my base, I'm like Mike. I went with a vodka drink. But I went with a vodka soda. And my vodka of choice was actually a Svedka. It's basic, but it has mm. to be in a plastic bottle. Like, it, it has mm. to. If it's in glass, put it back. Find something in a plastic bottle. Our soda? Go get some warm grapefruit LaCroix seltzer water. Oh, oh. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to taste... Oh, ta- yeah, LaCroix tastes like a motherfucking Charlie horse. So <laughs> this will serve as like a college film thing. Well, you know, it's a thriller with a creepy roommate. We got to we gotta loop that in somehow. Now, for a creepy roommate, you know, what could we do with her? Okay. She doesn't really like bring anything like she's trying to be edgy. So, you know, what, what's trying to be edgy in alcohol form? You know, I would say a whiskey or a scotch. So go get either one. But it has to be alcohol free. It's like... You're trying to be edgy and threatening, but are you really? <laughs> so yeah, take take. I, I'd like an ounce of that into your an ounce, two ounces in your drink. Why not? Now, so for the PG thirteen nonviolence, go grab some grenadine. You know, put that in. You know, a little, little. You know, off into a little side, and then mix it in with some room temperature water. Just fucking water it down to where it just kind of looks like you know, eh, a little bit. Like maybe put like a dash of mio in in there. You know, mix that all together. I mean, I think that's really it. But to complete the rest of the movie, drop a fucking roofie in <laughs> for, oh uh, for a Cam Gigante's character, which that'll make sense here in a second. But like I said, do not do that. I am not condoning roofying yourself. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's hey, it's <laughs> I do like that you're just like, hey, if you're gonna roofie anyone, make sure it's yourself. <laughs> like like you're like you're like it's you're like it's the only person you should be roofing is your own damn self listen i knew a guy i knew a guy in college that told me one day he was like you know i want to roofie myself and i was and like i mean i had the appropriate response of being like um the fuck why he's just like just want to see what happens that's that's living that that is that's that's like next that's like next level living your truth like you just sit there just like you're like you're like like, i want to see where the wind takes me like i feel like there are a lot other ways you can do that but okay yeah I, i do like that i do like the equivalent the the uh adding in my two favorite things are the warm grapefruit Lacroix because not only is grapefruit everyone's least favorite like soda flavor unless mm. it's hurry unless it's Haritos. like like grape like i feel like grapefruit Lacroix is like everyone is like everyone's least fit it's like it's like the orange popsicle of like of like the seltzers and then like and then to top it all off you have non-alcoholic whiskey it which is just like which is <laughs> Which is literally the equivalent of just like of like it's like a declawed cat. You're like you're like this. What? Why? Why? You're like why would you do this to yourself? Like it's just I love it. I love it. And then just watering it all down. All right, guys. Well, you know, let's let's get right into talking about the roommate. So we start off on some like alt rock music and then some shots of what i assume is la 
And, you know, the shots of the University of L.A. So, hey, look, I was right. So it's moving day. And Sarah, played by Minka Kelly of Friday Night Lights fame, is dropped off in a taxi at her dorm with very minimal luggage. So Sarah goes up into her empty, nice looking 300 by 300 foot uh, square foot dorm room that probably runs her about five thousand dollars in L.A. if this wasn't a dorm room. So Sarah puts up some younger pictures of of her um, of herself and another girl who we later find out is her sister and then runs into Tracy, some fucking blonde in the hall. So um, we have a scene of Sarah walking through the fucking college, but that doesn't really matter because Sarah starts setting up her side of the room and we get a knock at the door. And, you know, it's Tracy. She invites her to a frat party. And, you know, being the college freshman in the first week, you know, of course she's going to go. It's, that's that that's that's almost the that's almost the prereq like whenever you're in your freshman year and you're just in your dorms and you're like oh, i don't i'm kind of confused and like and like obviously that one person on your dorm hall is just like just comes up and goes hey do you want to go to a party it's almost like you're required to say yes you're kind of like all right fine it's either a party or a bar. Like, exactly that's it's always a party or a bar and it's also quick aside uh i don't I, I remember you. I remember you said you were a uh, you were a Cartoon Network kid, and I was a Nickelodeon mm-hmm. kid. Mm-hmm. Um, for any of the fucking Disney weirdo, people, but go ahead. It's hey, you know what? Jimmy <laughs> Neutron and SpongeBob slapped. Jimmy, Wild Jimmy Neutron Rock'em. have like uh, fever dreams. Like that's why you fucking dude, have a sleep, is, uh, night terrors. Dude, dude, my my sleep paralysis demon is just is just Carl Weezer. Now mine's a fucking lima bean from that one episode. Oh, oh, wait, no, that's right. The lima beans or like fucking or the or the or the sentient pants from when pants attack. Yeah, no. Aside from Jimmy Neutron. No, for all of the for all of the Disney kids. Tracy is the same girl that's like the main love interest in uh, or the main girl in Phil of the Future. Oh my God, popular she is. like dude, she is. She is. I didn't even fucking register until I like I sat there and I was I literally was staring at her for a while. I was like, why do I know where you're from? I was like, are you from like high school musical or something? And I'm pretty sure she is, but she's also from fucking Phil of the Future. And I'm like, son of a bitch. But yeah, she she's here. Yeah, and you know, they're going to a frat party. So we cut to so we go to the frat party, and it's your typical thing that you've seen in a million movies. And, you know, Sarah's having a good time, you know, making eye contact with the drummer of this, like, himbo college rock band. And, yeah, the drummer is uh, Cam Gigante. Well, the fucking Ryan from Never Back Down is just kind of mellowed out with age. So <laughs> so Sarah's partying it up and then runs into Cam Gigante's character, Steven. And, you know, they have, you know, some cutesy dialogue. But Sarah's like, I'm feeling a little I'm feeling a little dizzy. And Steven's like, oh, let, let me let me take care of you. They ran into each other and Sarah spilt drink all over her. So Steven goes to get her a towel. So Steven and Sarah sit down and, you know, Steven's like, hey, the reason you're feeling dizzy is because we spike the punch that you've been drinking at every <laughs> party. And Sarah's response is, oh, really? Nice. And you know something? It's, Before you say anything, Michael. Okay. I was fucking thinking of doing a spiked punch joke, but I thought it was like too much of a fucking low blow to do for this movie. And then this movie went ahead and did it unironically. Dude, oh my God. I, 
sat there, dude. My brain was making the like, don't drink the wine bag or don't drink the punch, like jokes. And then the movie just went up and was what? Hey, Steven's kind of a shithead, actually, because him and his whole fraternity spiked the punch. And you're like, what? <laughs> you're like, oh my god, oh holy, holy shit. You're like, holy, holy, no one, we're not duped. Okay, okay. It's like, dude, the best part was, is my brain defaulted, like, after he said spike the punch, to, like, something sane, going, like, going, like, oh, no, we spike it with, like, vodka or mm-hmm. something like that. But then I just, my brain sat with it and was just like, no, that doesn't make sense. She would feel dizzy after drinking vodka. Like, like oh my god and guys keep in mind like despite whatever this movie throws at us our first introduction of this character was oh yeah you know you know how i flirt with girls i spike the punch and then tell them and then they fall in love with me dude that's like a that's dude, that's that's, dude, that's, that's, sig- that's that sigma male brain set that they got dude, dude I, yeah, absolutely absolutely he dude Stephen in his free time is listening to fucking Andrew Tate, <laughs> and he's like, he's like, damn, this motherfucker's spitting. You know, come to think of it, when I was in college, the person that said they wanted to roofie themselves just to see what happens, it was actually Stephen. No, <laughs> I just like the idea of just it's just you're just in your college, just minding your own business, and you just see like, and you just like you and your buddies have like a little thing of like like hunch punch set up, and you're just like having a good time, and then you just see Cam Gigante, and you're like, oh shit, Cam, what's going on? And then he's like, hey, what's up, gang? And then he like moves over to the moves over to the punch bowl. He's like, oh, you guys have punch punch, and you're like, yeah, and he's like, cool, and he's like, to like scoops a little bit into his cup and you're like oh cool cam and then like you turn away and then you turn back and cam's just like dropping shit into the punch and you're like cam and you just like <laughs> like dive rolls out of the window going go, go to spike another punch ball cam we love you so Stephen continues to flirt like and also he purposefully spilt beer on this girl to talk to her but this gets interrupted when tracy the blonde just is over on the stairs and just flashes the whole fucking party. And Sarah's like, oh, shit, what do I what am I going to do? So back at the dorms, Stephen actually helps them out. And Sarah helped Tracy back into the dorm. And they put Tracy on the elevator, leaving Stephen and Sarah down at the bottom. So they flirt. And then, you know, long story short, Sarah kisses Stephen. And then what person is so fucking chill with just being roofied? That's going to stick with me for the rest of this fucking movie. That's so, that's the thing. What that's relationship has thing started is like, with, like, one person roofing another, and they, like, fell madly in love? It's, dude, that is, that's such a hard explanation to people. It's like, oh, how did you all meet? How did y'all fall in love? And it was, well, me and my bros, we were having a throw down, and, like, we spiked the punch as usual, and then she just gave, and she didn't pass out, and so that's so how he fell in love. It's like, holy shit, you're a psycho. You're, you're an utter psycho. So Sarah goes back up to her room. Steven leaves. Probably go roofie somebody else. Where, where he's, um, he's he's off to spike another punch bowl at a party down the street. He's like Superman, but for spiking punch bowls. So Sarah goes back up to her room where she gets startled by her roommate Rebecca. She's she's there. She wasn't there when she first moved in. So you know, she Sarah's like you know they so they meet and um, then you know because she got drugged, uh, Sarah runs out of the room to go throw up. So later in the next day normally 
Sarah um, wakes up and she re-meets Rebecca because, you know, she was drugged. And Rebecca offers Sarah a pill to help with the hangover and then, you know, lies to Sarah. Like Sarah's like, oh, did I throw up? And Rebecca's like, oh, no, no, you didn't. And uh, also it turns out it's 3 p.m. in the afternoon and Rebecca's like, hey, do you want to come to the bookstore? And they're like, sure. So at the bookstore, Sarah gets a call from this guy named Jason and apparently they have history and it's not good. And Rebecca, <laughs> like Rebecca, like she notices. No, that, you, 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 can't, you, you can't something to say. Past this. I got something to say. It's okay. All right. Now, I am always about like introducing unique conflict to a character if it's for the sake of adding development like totally totally love that like it i feel like it adds depth it really makes a character more believable making making the audience be like oh making sure the audience is on the same page going oh they're not perfect they've they've screwed up too mm-hmm. but like this movie does it in the most abrupt way being like being like p.s she's got a boyfriend she got an ex-boyfriend they don't like each other and you're like why are we slipping this in like i feel like this could have been put in a little bit better, but this movie just sort of gives you this quick aside as they're having this other thing go on, i.e. like her and Rebecca, like get to know each other and they just throw in that fucking curveball and then just keep moving. And you're just, it's just, I don't know. I just had whiplash. Cause I was like, Oh shit. Okay. We're not going to keep talking about Jason anymore. All right. Well, I mean, they do talk about Jason a little bit. It's like, Sarah, like, so the story goes, Sarah and Jason committed to ULA, but a spot opened up at Brown and Jason took it. But, you know, Sarah's like, fuck it. I got to move on. And it's literally like just that. And that's all we get for like the beginning. But this becomes like a central plot point throughout the whole movie, which we'll get into. Oh, my God. So back at so back at the room, Sarah notices that Rebecca has nice clothes and, you know, that she puts on Sarah like she puts it over on Sarah's side of the room. And it turns out Rebecca is also from Beverly Hills, but she doesn't have a good relationship with her parents. We got some forced fucking exposition going. And Sarah also draws, but won't show her drawing. Or Sarah also draws, but Rebecca won't show her drawings. <laughs> Sorry. Words are very hard. It's wait, a long day. Wait, so, Sorry, Rebecca Sarah draws. Draw? Rebecca draws. Oh. Rebecca draws and she doesn't want to show her drawings. I'm having like a fucking having, stroke. Dude, we're having the we're having a fucking cat women of the moon scenario where we're just like all oh, these people look the fucking same. <laughs> Rebecca also in this in these scenarios where it's like where it's them getting to know each other. Like I think the movie was supposed to sit there and just try and like it feels like the movie tried to give you like sort of side notes to make you go like, "Oh, maybe she's not all there." Mm-hmm. Like but what they did instead was just make her seem like kind of a dick because mm-hmm. there would be these moments where they'd be conversating and sh- and Rebecca would just say something snide and you and I would just sit there and be like, whoa, what the fuck, Rebecca? Or she would do something that would make me go like, what the hell? What? Why would you do that? That's kind of mean. Yeah, Rebecca throws up time. a lot, a lot of red flags throughout this movie. But with Minka Kelly's character, Sarah, she just kind of smiles and nods like oh okay you know, dude that's, that's she's really, that's really cool you know i never thought about it has, that way she's like she's like she's like the stereotype of like a trophy wife but like, like to a t where she's like hi she's like oh i know i I'll, i usually just smile and look pretty and everyone goes away <laughs> so later on sarah goes to fashion class Wearing a fedora. I mentioned that. Gee, oh, let's just, oh let's just we gotta. Let's, we gotta let's, talk let's, about the 
I mean, what can, what can <laughs> be said? Not, what can be said about the fedora okay, that's already not, been said? Dude, that is true. That is true. We're not. Neither one of us are fucking like Gianni Versace or Tom Ford, but like. I feel like we can at least throw some base level of shade at the fact that this woman is going to school in like August in LA in a scarf, a fedora, a tank top and like, like jeans or some shit. Like it's just, it's just the worst conceivable outfit I have seen in a while. Like, she's kinda, just, you got like four different yeah. seasons going on with your outfit there, buddy. Like, I mean, really? it's like, it's like really motherfucking, it's like motherfucking uh, <laughs> spring, spring for the fedora, winter for the scarf, summer for the tank top, and then like fall for the jeans. Like, it's just it's, a confusing outfit, yet she's like this master fashionista yeah that's my favorite thing it's like she's supposed to be like this person who has impeccable style unique Mm. style that really is just oh my god it is vision setting and you're like oh shit okay and it's her vision is that of a blind person like and it's just it sucks it sucks keep in mind this is all this fashion criticism is also coming from the man that is currently wearing basketball shorts and a motherfucking Hawaiian shirt, because I get back sweat when I record these podcasts. It's, hey, I'm hey, I'm there with you, man. I'm wearing a I'm wearing a double XL white t shirt with Ryan Gosling's face on this. I'm so fucking jealous of that. You have no idea, dude. Oh, you sent me that picture, oh, and I was like, I fucking need that. It's yeah, listeners. Just for context, I uh, my girlfriend got me this. Got me this white shirt that has ryan gosling's face slapped across the center with just the which his name in huge bold letters it is the it is the most gaudy t-shirt and i fucking and the, love it and the joke's on you because i have that shirt tattooed on my body <laughs> it's, yeah you're like i have that i have this exact same like tattoo on my back it's like a yakuza back tattoo but ryan gosling so okay back to the roommate and away from daddy so so sarah is like at some like some fashion class again wearing the fedora and the professor's there monologuing and then billy sarah goes zane. Up, oh yeah it's motherfucking billy zane is in this movie <laughs> who did who did you Why? hurt in hollywood why are you in this Dude, it feels, it feels like, dude, this is, I, I just saw Billy Zane. I was like, dog, why are you here, man? Why are you here? So long and short of this is Sarah's not in his class, but wants to get in. And with the slightest twist of the arm, Sarah's able to get into the class because he signed some fucking form. I don't fucking know. So back at the room, Sarah's on like Friendster, like I don't fucking, this universe, this, or sorry, Friend, MySpace. Frienders. Yeah, no, no, it's MySpace, but it's just, you know, got to get around that copyright somehow. So <laughs> Sarah's talking to Rebecca about one of her friends who's a fashion consultant, Irene. She'll become important a little bit later. So Tracy comes in and asks, like, hey, do y'all want to go to a club? And Rebecca's like, you know, clubs aren't really my thing. But Sarah's like, I'll go. So at the club, Sarah and Tracy start drinking, dancing, you know, having 30-somethings hit on these, like, college freshmen. So Sarah ends up losing Tracy. And she leaves her drink unattended, then goes back and drinks it. So then she leaves, the, ends up leaving Dude. the club. Oh. Sarah is just. So I gotta should say, have taught Sarah, Sarah some like just, basic like lessons about going out to the bar, going out to the club. Like, 
like, do, where did Sarah grow the fuck up? Like, well, did she just Iowa. grow up in a place where, like, it was Iowa. Yo, exactly. in, the, in the movie, it's, it was Iowa. Everyone was too busy listening to Sli- going to Slipknot concerts <laughs> and not, like, like teaching about, like, safety in bars and such. Which, you know, I feel like Iowa is one of, like, the best places to learn about stuff like that because just imagine all the people you're surrounded by in Iowa. Yeah, exactly. It's just you. It's just like you, three people, and a whole horde of cows. It's the perfect time to learn. I just, I just, my 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 brain just created such an idea of like this like really shitty PSA of like Minka Kelly playing Sarah in a bar, and she's like steps away, and someone messes with her drink, and she comes back, and then just Corey Taylor puts her puts his hand on her wrist, and is just like. You know, it's a bad idea, Sarah. She's like, you're right, Corey Taylor. <laughs> she gets up and leaves. <laughs> I love Corey Taylor. Don't, you shouldn't have brought him up because now I kind of want to talk about him for like the next 30 minutes. I got a picture made. No, of him, no, 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 no. That's, that's no, besides what we strong. We got to talk about we got to talk about the we got to talk about the, the roommate, unfortunately. So mm-hmm. Sarah then leaves the club alone. You know, mistake number like four in this movie. So she's not sure what to do. So she calls Rebecca and the two meet at some diner. And Rebecca's like, wait, where's uh, where's Tracy? And and they kind of brush past this. And here's the writing of this movie. Rebecca, what are you having? Sarah, pancakes. Rebecca, that's what I was having. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, it's the most, it's like, oh my God. It's the movie is trying so, no, not trying. The movie's not trying. The movie's not trying at all to sit there and just do the, like do any subtlety on like, Ooh, they're like the same. Like they could have totally done the, like, like they both like a waitress or a waiter comes up and just goes, Oh, what are y'all having? And then like Sarah or like Rebecca goes like, Oh, let me get some hash browns. And like, Sarah goes like, oh, let me get like the pancakes. And Rebecca goes, ah, actually, wait, you know what? The pancakes. And then you're like, oh, okay. She's like, she's doing something. Mm-hmm. It's not clever, but she's doing something here. It is just like, it is just like, what were you getting? Pancakes. I love pancakes too. I will get pancakes. And you're like, it's like it feels like two chatbots talking to each other. I <laughs> this fucking movie, hate it. This movie feels like it was written by like me in middle school. <laughs> just trying it's, it's just to be edgy. You- it's just you and fucking like pre chat GPT, like clever bot or whatever. So, so, um, Rebecca's like, Hey, I'll show you around the city the right way. And I won't abandon you. And, and Rebecca ends up showing her a museum and, you know, they get a phone and, you know, Sarah gets a phone call from Jason, but you know, they look at interesting pieces of art and it's cool. So outside the two walk down the sidewalk and they see some graffiti, they talk about it, and then they walk past a tattoo shop. And Rebecca's like, I don't get tattoos. And Sarah's like, Well, I have a tattoo. And Rebecca's like, Is shocked? Like, really? <laughs> and then she uh, Sarah shows it, and it's the name Emily. It's her older sister who died when they when she was nine. And Rebecca's just like, I always wanted a sister. Red flag. It's, it's, yeah, it's again, again. Red flag, very obvious red flag is presented. And our our hero, our protagonist, goes, Oh, there's nothing to see here. And then just continues on with their life. Like she's common fucking so I just I just want to strangle her and just be like, Are you are you not aware of your surroundings? 
<laughs> so we get a couple like little things throughout this movie. Like in one of the examples is this next scene. So Sarah's on this MySpace thing and she adds her new favorite artist as Richard Prince. And like Rebecca sees like Sarah's favorite movie is The Devil Wears Prada. Then we see Sarah out running and then we cut to Rebecca putting up a Devil Wears Prada poster on her side of the room. And, you know, looking at Sarah's side of the room and then starting to go through her stuff and then pictures of Sarah and the picture of Sarah and her sister. And then she also steals Sarah's necklace. It's this like it's this example here where not telling the audience might have been a little bit better because imagine like we see Sarah out running or she's we get another scene then she comes back and the devil wears Prada poster is already up there or Rebecca's already wearing the necklace. I think it's, that like it's works. That, it's, you, it, it, it would have. It would have. It's these moments that really sort of make you sort of stop and go, oh, no, they could have been subtle. Mm-hmm. They had all of the opportunities in the world to be subtle. That's one of the things that like kind of frustrates me about this movie in particular, other than like other ones, is this movie was so lazy about it. Mm-hmm. It could have been good. Like there were. It could, it have, could been have decent. They could have. They could have, it could have been, it could have been a solid like seven and a half out of 10 movie. Mm-hmm. Like if they just decided that instead of outright showing a scene where Rebecca copies Sarah, the audience just sees it happen and slowly mm-hmm. goes, oh, doesn't, I thought, oh, Sarah does that too. And then they sort of start to pick up on what's going on instead of going, oh, she's copying. Okay. She's crazy. All right. Sounds good. Like you, it, like like at this point once the literally the moment the devil's wears Prada poster went up i went oh she's a crazy person who's gonna mm-hmm. mimic her and then try and kill her or and all of her friends okay cool all right cool though i know i know what happens and then just checked out <laughs> so then sarah comes back from running and like this is it's nighttime outside the dorm and sarah finds this abandoned kitten and like this cat just lets her pick it up and sarah's like cool i'm adopting her <laughs> or i'm adopting this cat so Sarah returns back up and, you know, shows Rebecca the cat and also notices the devil wears Prada poster and doesn't question anything. And they agree on, they agree on a name for the cat. No, it's not Mittens. It's Cuddles, which, you know, also it's, a good cat name. It is. It is. You know, it's, it's not Mittens, <laughs> and, but it's okay. And then Sarah notices Rebecca wearing her necklace. And Sarah's like, okay, listen, you can borrow anything you want of mine except that. And, you know, Rebecca feels bad, but Sarah's like willing to let it slide. And, you know, they have some bonding dialogue, but Sarah, don't talk to the crazy person like that. Dude, Sarah is just, (laughs) she just, this is the one time she puts her foot down and like, she doesn't even put her foot down. She like gently lowers it to a point where Rebecca goes, okay, lesson vaguely learned. (laughs) And then she goes, good. And lifts her foot back up. Like it's, there's no, (laughs) She's so flimsy with everything. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like, I understand like the idea of like, oh, your protagonist should be a little on the agreeable side to allow these like things to occur. But there's also a converse where it's like, no, a sane human being would sit there and kind of lay into the person. Like if this had as much weight as she just said it did, you would go. Sorry, friendo. But 
we're going to need to sit down and discuss what just occurred. You'd be like, no, go fuck yourself. Put that down. Don't touch it again. (laughs) So like, so Sarah, so in the morning, Sarah, it turns out she found her job relatively quickly and is at work. And she fucks up making a smoothie, but then Steven walks walks in. They Dude, start flirting. Okay. She doesn't fuck. She literally doesn't put the lid on a blender, and she's like, "Oh gosh, I don't know how to work it," which is so stupid. I'm sorry. It's like that's so nitpicky. That's so utterly nitpicky. But I just saw that and I was like, "You dumb bitch." <laughs> I was like, "This is this is my this is my this is my Reddit moment." Because like I saw her screw that up. I was like, "You stupid mother." how do you screw up that so okay after she talks with steven for a little bit inconsequential back at the dorms tracy invites sarah to a party and you know they just kind of like ignore the fact that she ditched her at the club but you know rebecca overhears this and sees tracy and sarah hugging because okay they made up or whatever so back in their room rebecca tells sarah that she bought two tickets for a richard prince show remember her remember him uh sarah's favorite artist but sarah says like oh i can't do it i have a date so Sarah feels bad and then offers to reschedule. And, you know, Sarah does reschedule under one condition that she can pick out her outfit. So, okay. At the art show, Sarah's is like texting Steven. But then later that night at the dorm, Tracy wakes up and goes to her fridge, you know, for some water. But apparently she's all out. And she leaves to go get some water and then sees Rebecca sitting outside the room. And she looks pissed. So Rebecca rises, gets all up in Tracy's face, says nothing. What and then fucking walks away scolding her. She's and again, and, this had the moment to be freaky. Mm-hmm. This had the moment to be freaky. But you know what emotion I felt right now? I felt at that moment. I I just stopped and went, Oh, it's like a like a mad teenager. Like it's like it's like the weird kid who in school who would just be like, uh who, when you would get them mad, they would just sit there and just start doing jutsus and run, do jutsus from Naruto and run away. Like you're just no, like, oh, no, I wasn't. I wasn't getting that vibes. I was actually getting that kid. They were like, if they were mad, they would like look at you, and then they would like try to crush you with their mind, but would just end up looking oh, like you're constipated. Yeah. Like that's what I was <laughs> getting. Look like they need to take a shit. Like they were just sitting there, just like glaring at you. They did. They did the thing where they tilted their head forward and put their eyes up so that they're still looking at you and then they would just like concentrate so the next day we get more walking through the campus and going to classes tracy stops sarah tells her about last night and sarah just kind of like brushes the whole thing off so when sarah uh, in uh professor billy zane's class the professor lectures and then <laughs> professor zane professor zane mr z if you will z swizzle that's his name now (laughs) so sarah's phone rings and it's from the this girl irene but the professor calls on sarah and she ends up getting the right answer even though she was looking at her phone but then after class as sarah's leaving rebecca rounds the corner and startles her with a surprise coffee and sarah's just like wait how do you know when my class got out and rebecca's like i'm your roommate fucking trailer line so Sarah asks about what Tracy told her and Rebecca just kind of twists the tail and then like blows it off. So then at some like fucking fashion club, I think Sarah enters and meets up with Irene, who's making outfits for models. And, you know, Sarah and Irene, apparently they are friends and they know each yeah, other. They're homies. They're, they, they, they kiss the homies. Good night. So they have Absolutely. some bonding. And then later in the library, Sarah runs into Steven and, you know, she sits down, they talk. 
she offers dinner, but Steven, like he's got to study. But he's like, you know what? I'm only on page three, but like, fuck it. Let's go get some food. Okay. Some quick scenes. Now we're going to get into some real horrific stuff here, guys. In the showers. It's really, it's really heavy. In the showers, Tracy enters like this moodily lit thing, but the music rises and we dolly to the door and we cut back to the shower and we show that Tracy has a belly button piercing. Ooh. <laughs> Edge. Edgy. Scary. So what if you can see the other side of me? So the lights turn off and Tracy's like, yo, what the fuck? She puts on a towel and tries to walk through the bathroom and sees another shower curtain closed. But the shower's going inside, so she pulls it to the side. No one's in there. She turns it off. Another shower starts. Tracy goes to pull the curtain on that one. No one's there. I really wish the scene just kind of kept doing that. Where it was like, mm-hmm. every, like every single fucking shower was turned on and she just had to go like, look over like, <laughs> she just, hastily and then turned it off. It'd be like a fucking adult swim sketch. <laughs> it's like, it's, that would be a hilarious adult swim thing. It was like, she, it was just this suspenseful leadage. Like, hello? And then just, it, it was literally just whack-a-mole, but with shower heads. <laughs> like, she was like, oh, damn it. She just had to run around and turn all of them on. But uh, Tracy doesn't find anything. The lights come back on. Uh, and the door closes and Tracy's like, what the fuck? Okay, so she goes back to shower, but then the lights turn off again. Tracy gets fucking jumped in the shower. It's Rebecca. And Rebecca like whispers chaotic nothings into Tracy's ear. She's like, you're a bad influence on her. You're a trashy whore. And then fucking rips out her belly button ring and then rises like a fucking Dementor Avenger. And then, okay, cool. Let me come back. There's... You want to know the craziest part about this whole scene, Max? What's and up? again, I was watching it. I watched it like on Amazon Prime, and maybe this, maybe this was a volume thing for me. But like, it didn't feel like there was enough like music to really like add into this suspense. Mm-hmm. Like, it felt like this whole scene was just the music wasn't like was it like duh it didn't have any like crescendos as she was like pulling the belly button ring like it was all just these like it was just kind of consistent sort of as it was going through and i was like i don't know the whole thing just felt so <laughs> empty and it felt like a husk of a like a of like a scene i mean that's how the whole movie feels really that is true that is true it's not like this like the scene is uniquely bad but like I was just like, holy fuck, this is bad. <laughs> so, okay. Then we cut to the elevator where Sarah and Steven are holding hands. They kiss. And then Rebecca appears and scolds her like she's her mom. And Rebecca's like, where were you? I've been calling. And I'm like, first of all, I'm sitting here. I'm like, Sarah, why the fuck would you let her? Unless you said like, hey, I'm going to call you to let you know I'm okay. That's one thing, but like, yeah. y'all didn't fucking do that. So that's 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 why you let someone talk like, to you like that. Why is why? Yeah. Why is Sarah so cool with like a, a person her exact same age scolding her? Like literally Rebecca's laying there being like, you should be ashamed of yourself. I was calling. I was doing this when there was nothing agreed upon. Like she doesn't sit like Sarah doesn't turn to Rebecca and go, hey, I'm going to step out for a little bit. If I'm not out, if I'm not back after like X amount of minutes, call me. Mm-hmm. like there's nothing like that that's established it's literally just <laughs> she just starts laying into her and i was like again sarah again this is your perfect opportunity to get mad at her but you just go you just go 
oh my gosh, what what a crazy roommate. And just like rolls her eyes and giggles and then just continues. And I'm like, God damn it. And even Steven's over standing in the corner. He's like, oh wow, that's Dude, weird. I love it. I love it. I love that. I love that. Even Steven's in the corner like, really? We're we're not we're not mad. We're just okay. He's like, all right, that's weird. <laughs> I'm gonna go yeah, literally. Even, dude, he goes, he goes, I'm gonna go beat the shit out of a new kid. Like, no, it's he just, it's just so weird. Like, even the supporting characters are like, huh, it's a little odd. Like, they're not even like, that's crazy. Oh my god, you should leave. They're just kind of like, oh, that's a little weird. Like, really? Okay. And then in like the next scene, like Sarah and Rebecca, like it's daytime now and Sarah and Rebecca are walking and Rebecca is like, listen, I was just worried. And Sarah's like, oh, yeah, we're good. And they fucking just split off. And I'm like, oh, OK, OK, no, yeah, no they, conflict. Yeah. No, no. Oh, OK, there's no there's Sarah, Sarah. God forbid there's conflict that needs resolution. Like Sarah, you, God forbid. like Sarah, you are a fucking wet blanket. Dude, she dude, she is a house of cards. Like, she'll let anything happen. So later in the library, Sarah looks up Rebecca on MySpace while hanging out with Steven. And Sarah's like, oh, that's weird. I'm I'm already her best friend. And then Steven's like, you know, it's kind of sad. Maybe she really likes you. So they end up studying. But Rebecca just fucking looks at them from like across the library in utter disgust. So then, <laughs> she's so then, mad. She's got a she's looking constipated. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. What if what if what if the crux of this movie was the fact that, <laughs> that Rebecca was just so utterly constipated the entire time? And then she just like she just so someone's someone hands her like what is it like so hands her like hands her like a lack like some metamucil or something or like a laxative and and she's just suddenly just like chill and normal. <laughs> So then deeper in the library, Steven goes to look at some books while Rebecca stalks him through the shelves. I don't know. Steven's looking for like fucking green eggs or ham, green eggs and ham or some shit. <laughs> dude, he, he he's looking for he, dude. He's looking for the Lorax. <laughs> so Rebecca is just like fucking watching him and Steven rounds a corner, walks past her, but then goes back an aisle. The goes back to the aisle that Rebecca was on and then she's fucking gone. Like she fucking like just fucking teleports right out of there. Okay whatever so the next <laughs> she Sarah- blinks she blinks like goku in the fucking dragon ball z <laughs> abridged so the next sarah runs into tracy out walking and sarah's like you know hey i haven't seen you around are, are you okay but turns out tracy ended up changing dorms but doesn't tell her much then rebecca shows up and tracy just fucking leaves okay that's weird so then at night sarah and steven sit on some bench looking at la and they just have like a fucking date night where sarah's like oh let's go back to your place like and then steven's like oh what's the bet you know we go back to your place or my place what are we betting and then they have a contest to see who can dead hang for the longest on like a fucking monkey bars it's flirting i I guess i guess (laughs) you're like like the entire time they're doing this thing and it's supposed to be like this like cute little ha 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 but like i'm just like sitting here going what the f- all right whatever i guess so they end up going back to steven's place where they start making out steven goes into his room starts like trying to fucking rush clean everything while sarah says she's stripping and they end up you know doing the deed but then back at the dorm room mm-hmm. rebecca is stressed thinking of what to do but then she hears a phone ring and apparently sarah left her phone which i gotta say 
even in 2011, that was the most unrealistic thing about this movie. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. That's that also sent me. That also sent me that for some fucking reason, Sarah's like, I don't need a phone in the year of our Lord, like 2011. Like, I know I I know pre iPhone days like we're we're like a we're we're a time when people didn't prioritize their phones over like their own kids. But like for the love of all that is holy, you are high as hell if you are going to tell me that someone would leave their phone and not flip the fuck out. Oh my god, where the fuck is my phone? So uh yeah. it turns out the person who's calling is Jason and um Rebecca, she goes up and answers, but she just listens, doesn't say anything. And then we cut between this Sarah and Steven having PG-13 sex and Rebecca like talking to Jason on the phone, like trying to pretending to be Sarah saying things like, I miss you. I miss touching you and all that weird shit. Weird phone sex stuff. Yeah, it's weird phone sex. And I guess they finish and Rebecca ends it with don't ever call me again and then hangs up. Mm-hmm. So the next morning, Sarah returns to find Rebecca already awake and the cat that they have fucking runs out of the dorm. And then runs into the RA and the RA is like, hey, you know, you're not supposed to have this. And Sarah just picks up. and is like, OK, yeah, I get it. Bye. And then fucking, <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that energy. I love that. The energy is like, you know, we could be in trouble if a cat's in the dorm. And she's like, not my problem. Bye. And she just like walks off with the cat. So the next scene, Sarah goes over to Irene's place and, you know, they talk a little bit. But then Rebecca calls and asks if Irene wants the cat. But it turns out Irene doesn't. So. Irene's like, well, wait a second. Who is that that called? And then Sarah described her roommate quickly. Then Irene shows Sarah a bunch of old clothes that she wants to give away. But Sarah's like, oh, I can't take those. I don't have enough closet space. But Irene's just like, fuck it. Just move in here. You know, ditch that roommate of yours and come move in with me. And, you know, Sarah's like, huh. So back at the dorm, Sarah tells Rebecca that she wants to move in with Irene. Rebecca's like, um, the fuck? Sarah's like, you know, I could really use the closet space. And Rebecca's like, you know, I don't want your closet space. I, I want, like, you. And I'm like, okay that's fucking weird and then at her job Sarah's like talking on the phone with her mom and it's just like oh yeah I'm thinking about staying for Thanksgiving but then at the dorm Rebecca puts the fucking cat in her laundry basket and then she takes the cat this is a fucking (sighs) this is this is this is this is this is a crime this is this is criminal this is you know yeah the the belly button ripping out scene Max and I were both like you know, it's okay. You know, it's you know, it's not your proudest moment, but you know, we'll we'll forgive you. Don't not this touch the cat, okay? So leave, leave, leave mittens, mittens al- leave cuddles alone. <laughs> so she, so she's taken to the laundry room. You know what she's gonna do? She opens the washing machine, closes the door, like puts the cat in, closes the door, puts a quarter in, and we don't see the rest, thankfully. So back at the dorm, Sarah returns and Rebecca's just fucking bawling her eyes out. She says the cat got out and she and Sarah's not too happy. But then at the dining hall, Sarah just fucking moves past the cat thing really quickly. And Rebecca, you know, she recovers. She, she recovers. She, she rebounds has, hard. She has the fucking memory of a goldfish. Just fucking okay, <laughs> dude. It's done. It's over with. Next day, she's well. She's well. In between, in between, fucking whispering all of your f- lines, like, and then just like just being so just smiling and agreeable with everybody. I guess that I guess that really would lead me to believe that she has the memory of a goldfish because, dude, she doesn't fucking remember anything. <laughs> so Sarah's like tells Rebecca like, "Hey, my parents want me to come home for Thanksgiving because my sister died two days before Thanksgiving." 
know, it's like there's a ghost at the table. But then Rebecca offers Sarah to spend Thanksgiving with her. But Sarah's like, no, uh, I'm actually going to be spending it with Stephen instead. But then back at a fashion class, Sarah's, you know, about to be leaving. But the professor's like, can you stay for a second? So Sarah goes into her, his office and, you know, he offers his critique on Sarah's pieces. And, you know, they talk fashion and the professor offers Sarah to come with him to Fashion Week in Paris. Before before we keep going with this, I really want to look at I really want to talk about the notes that the professor gives to Sarah. So Sarah, so they're like, oh, you have to submit like a final design for like your project or whatever the hell. Mm-hmm. And she's like, okay, cool. Here's my design. And she hands him, hands him something. And he just sits there and describes, he goes, oh my God, this is, this is insane. This is next level changing industry defining. It's kinky and it's edgy. And then it shows the picture of her design. And I shit you not, it is a crop top and a skirt. And he is like, he's like it's genre red. changing. It's and, a red and, crop and top and skirt. It's, it's fucking, it's like, it's a red crop top and skirt. And I'm like, you, I'm like, how, <laughs> like, what part of that is either of those phrases? I really would love to know. But, you know, it turns out the professor is not too interested in her work because he just straight up kisses her. And Sarah's just like, um, mm-hmm. the fuck? And then walks right out of the office so then in the library, Sarah tells Rebecca about what happened. And Rebecca's like, are you going to tell Steven? Sarah's like, no, that'll cause problems. I'll make this movie kind of interesting. And then Rebecca's like, well, what <laughs> that, that, I would, do? That, would, that would have developed into in something interesting. <laughs> so then we go back to the professor's office and Rebecca stops by. And Rebecca's like, hey, I'm failing intro psych. I'm bored. Tomorrow's the last day to drop the course. If I don't have a class to replace it, I'm screwed. And the professor's like, it's not policy, you know. And long story short, this sleazy professor starts fiddling with his wedding ring while Rebecca notices the picture on his desk of his wife and child. And long story short, Rebecca flirts. The professor starts kissing. But the Rebecca starts. But then Rebecca starts like screaming, ow, you're hurting me. And like then like it goes from like flirty to like actually in pain, like no, stop it. Get off me. And then Rebecca shows Mm -hmm. like, oh, I've been recording this whole fucking conversation. And um, yeah, so the next day, Sarah goes to her class and another professor has taken over the class. So bribery, but, you know, couldn't happen to a to a it's, better guy. Couldn't happen to a better guy. It, than professor. I, Billy I, was like, I was like, I got to say, I got to say, I got to say, oh, old, old, old Z Swizzle, dude, Z Swizzle. Um, I got to say, it's, it's a very this one's morally complicated because on one hand, I'm like, I'm like, that's really fucked up that you're really like manipulating a person like that but on the other hand i'm like i was like he is a piece of shit though yeah he is a giant piece of shit so it's like i'm like i'm like i'm like yeah you know what rebecca you're like you're you're one for three one for three one for three you know that's it's not a winning record but you know you won you won won something and you know we'll give you that (laughs) you did win you won one and I'll give it to you. You won one. So then at the coffee shop, Sarah's watching Steven's band play. And then as everything's shutting down, Steven's like, oh, yeah, I'm quitting the band because there's just no future. And then, you know, it turns out like, oh, by the way, Steven and Sarah, they're boyfriend and girlfriend. So, yay, cool development in their relationship that's had no problems whatsoever. It has just been perfect. It is... <laughs> by the books everything's been peachy and there's been no stressors or anything no roofie like, no no roofies at all 
nope, nothing, <laughs> no obvious issues that would create a fundamental tear at the relationship. Everything is glossy and beautiful. So we juxtapose that with Rebecca staring in the mirror and she just starts punching herself in the face and again and again and again over and over again. And now it's like she's got bruises all over her body. And I'm like, if you really wanted that effect, just go to like a jujitsu class or a Muay Thai class. If you just wanted random bruising all over your body. I just, I do, I just do love the idea of Rebecca going oh, I have to make it look, I have to make it look pretty tough. I have to make it look pretty tough. Um, okay. It's, all right. And then she just goes to a, like a Muay Thai class and goes, you need a punching bag. Here is your punching bag. And they're like, okay, <laughs> just beat the brakes off. But you know, the one thing a Muay Thai class cannot provide Rebecca with. Closure. I mean, well, well yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yes, but no, they can't provide her with a motherfucking box cutter to the stomach. So she fucking <gasps> stabs herself, which word so then <laughs> I, I love I love that the description is such a visceral idea where it's a person brought a box cutter to their stomach. And like this movie has so little it has so little weight behind it in the movie that you, the viewer, are just left going. All right. Word. Word. Good. All right. Hell yeah. Man. All right. She's doing it. So then later that night, Sarah returns home and sees the state of Rebecca. And she's like, oh, my God, the fuck happened. And Rebecca spins the story that she was out looking for Cuddles the cat and that she got jumped. So, okay, uh, I guess Sarah just stays up all night fucking stitching up Rebecca with her vast medical knowledge. And then, I, I love that. I love that. Re- Sarah's like, Sarah's like, let me break out the fucking sewing kit, the antiseptic. And you're like, girl, what? Dude, she's getting a even, minor in like veterinary she, sciences or something. Like you know, she's was she in the military? Why was she, why does she have this? Why does she have this this like knowledge? Like it's so weird. So um the next day it turns out that Sarah actually isn't staying with Steven for Thanksgiving. She's actually going with Rebecca instead. And then we go to Rebecca driving up to a nice Beverly Hills house, like a fucking mansion. And inside the mansion, Sarah meets Rebecca's parents. And the parents are like, they see the state their daughter's in. They're like, um, yo, what happened here? And Sarah's like, oh, no, no, it's nothing. It's nothing. It's nothing. But then up in Rebecca's room, Sarah's like, hey, you didn't tell them they were that we were coming. And then again, Rebecca just kind of goes right by this. But then we see some drawings that Rebecca has on the walls. They, she said, "Like, oh, those are some old high school drawings. You know, don't, don't, don't worry about those." So later for dinner, they all sit around and eat, and it's awkward silence. And then Sarah tries to, you know, break the silence by saying, "No, Rebecca's a great roommate." And then Dad's like, "Oh, really? She hasn't brought anybody home before." And Rebecca tries, like, sh- is like, "Shut, shut up, Dad, shut up." And it turns out that Sarah will be staying with her in her room that night. But then. We get a scene where Rebecca's dad goes downstairs to get some water at night, and Rebecca's also awake. But then Sarah wakes up, and she walks into the kitchen and sees the dad and Rebecca just sitting and talking. And the dad questions Rebecca on how she's doing. We don't really get a whole lot. We get something the next day where Sarah runs into Rebecca's mom, and the mom is like, is Rebecca taking her medication? And Sarah's just like, medication? I. This is the first I've heard of it. And then the mom fucking just leaves. And then Dude, like Rebecca she comes out like hanging. I'm like, you missed something here, bro. Like that's, that's so like 
what my favorite my favorite thing is like is like not only does the mom fucking crop dust with a nuclear warhead like that just being like being like oh is she taking her medication that she needs to take okay bye like but she also sarah does not follow up she doesn't go oh i should definitely oh wait what are your parents numbers i think i left something at the house she just goes she goes Oh, weird. Okay. Dude, like, Sarah it, is just such nothing. She is just such a bad lead character because like things just kind of happen to her and she's just kind of like, oh, okay. I'm just going to roll with yeah, this. Yeah, she's why is she so cool with everything? Why is she so cool with it? I well, it's well, so terrible. Well, she's not cool with everything. Well, well, where's what the last straw would be for like you or me is probably like already passed. Mm-hmm. The last straw for her is a little bit on the extreme end, where it's like you know, me or you would have been like, we would have been out there a long time ago. But we're we're gonna <laughs> yeah. we're gonna get to that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so then they go to Rebecca's local coffee shop and they go sit down. But Rebecca sees some girls getting coffee, and this group of girls hesitate. They look scared of Rebecca. But then, as they go outside, Sarah notices one of the girls kind of looks like the drawings from that Rebecca drew. And as they leave, Rebecca says hey to the girls who just look so fucking uncomfortable. And then Sarah's like, I, mm-hmm. I think I think we need to go. But then as they start walking away, the girl from the drawings, whose name is Maria, speaks up to Rebecca and says, we were never friends. And this really hurts Rebecca. Dude, it's, dude, it's so, again, a couple things. One, it's like, that is such an out of the blue statement. Just like, out of nowhere. Just, just, she's like, she... <laughs> she was just like hey how's it going blah 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 and like they're weird and obviously like then she's like okay all right i know when we're not wanted all right let's keep going and the girl turns and goes and she says it as if rebecca was like see you later best friend or some shit like that Mm -hmm. she and the like and like like she was going to correct her but (laughs) because that line wasn't prefaced with anything it just kind of sounds like she's like um for your edification we were never friends. <laughs> like it's like such like, a bully. Oh, it's like such a bully response. That's yeah. so. I was like, I just, dude. This, again, again. Rebecca deserves some sympathy, but like, I'm like, I was like, damn girl. I was like, that's kind of mean. I was like, you could have just not spoken to her and let her leave. Like, is like, I was like, damn, that's a little mean. So then, um, Sarah ends up getting a text from Irene about how she's back in town. But then after Thanksgiving, Sarah returns from a run. And Rebecca apparently goes off to an art stu- to the art studio and leaves. But then Sarah is alone in the room and she sees Rebecca's drawing notebook. And she's like, huh, I wonder what that is. And then Rebecca comes back, takes it so she doesn't, you know, get anything. So now Sarah ends up acting like a crazy person and starts to go through all of Rebecca's stuff. And then she ends up finding pills and then gets startled by Stephen when he just kind of appears. Steven just Steven just fucking appears behind her. He's like, hey, what's going on? And she's like, oh, fucking shit. <laughs> it's like, it's, he just he just shows up. I fucking love it. Cam Gigante can teleport. Prove me wrong. So at a gas station, Rebecca's like, why wasn't a human Dragon Ball evolution? <laughs> so Rebecca's out pumping gas by herself and is getting like hit on by some douchebag with a toothpick in his mouth. And he's being all creepy. But then Rebecca sprays him with gasoline, lights a match, and this guy's like, okay, okay, I'll leave you alone. Dude, and this is... I want to say... This is a crime. That's a crime. Can you imagine if this movie went there? Like, we're like an hour in, 
And like, if this movie fucking went there and like, we just, the rest of the movie was just some guy just on fire. And like for like 30 minutes, I would have been like, okay, five stars. <laughs> I, I would have been like, I would have been like, you know what? The movie had me in the first half. Not going to lie. I mean, the most violence like, we had at the beginning know? was a belly button ring getting ripped off that we didn't even see. Now we have to watch 30 minutes of a, of a, of a human being burning to death. And you're like, damn, 180, 180, gotta say. It went from, it went from like a very easy PG-13 movie to fucking faces of death. Like, it was like, oh, gee. you're like, oh, shit. So back with Sarah and Steven, they start looking up the medication that Rebecca has taken. And apparently it's for psychotic things. That's like the most, that's like the, the extent of what they say. Let me go to a club. Rebecca is dancing and also Irene's there and in the bathroom Irene like Irene and Rebecca are both there and Irene compliments Rebecca's beauty and strike up a conversation so they start making out and Rebecca's like I invite you back to my place but I have a roommate and Irene's like but I don't so I guess I end up going back to Irene's place so in the next day Sarah's out running to Irene's place she goes to you know ring the door but she but no one answers does see that the windows are open though then Sarah returns to the dorms and Rebecca's back and um, Sarah just sits down and is like, oh, hey, how's it going? And then Rebecca just fucking springs the idea that she wants a tattoo. And Sarah's like, um, OK, I thought you didn't like them, but, you know, it doesn't matter. At the tattoo shop, Rebecca picks out a design and Rebecca goes back for a tattoo while Sarah fucking, I don't know, looks at some magazines. And then Rebecca's all done. And, you know, she she shows Sarah the design. And it's the same design that Sarah has, the tattoo of Emily on her collar in the same place. And it is only here where Sarah is absolutely horrified by this, which, I mean, you know, fair. Yeah, fair, fair. And then it gets pushed over the edge where Rebecca's like, you can call me Emily if you want. And Sarah's like, okay, Dude. I'm getting out of here. And this fucking runs Dude, away. Like, why is why is this the fucking straw? Why is this the final straw? Like, like exactly like you said, exactly like you said, we would have been out and out of there a long ass time ago. Like, why is Sarah so chill that she, that just like something as insane as this happens? And she's like, yeah, all right, word. <laughs> And then it's only when she begin when she tattoos Emily and then says the phrase, you can call me Emily if you want. Like, that's when she goes, all right, all right. Well, now this is getting a little wacky. Like, you're like, no, girl, it was wacky a while ago. Why are we, why are we still here? So later, Sarah passes Stephen a box of stuff. And, you know, she's, Sarah's rightfully moving out, but she, but Sarah can't find her necklace. But Stephen offers to go back up and look. Sarah, uh, Steven goes up to look for it. Rebecca's there and Rebecca takes a picture of Steven. Steven can't find the necklace. So he's like, I'm getting out of here. This is fucking weird. So Sarah and Steven, they're all like, you know, moving in. But Sarah sees that Rebecca's notebook is with her stuff and there are drawings of her. And Steven's like, listen to me, you're not going back there. And I'm like, you know, good, good, good job there. Good job there. Mm -hmm. So yeah. we get some scenes of Sarah walking through campus at night for alone for some reason. Sarah returning to the frat house, seeing all the boys playing video games. But the next day, Sarah's phone rings and it's Jason. And we cut to we actually see Jason who's outside her dorm who flew like across the country just to see her. <laughs> yes. And like he fucking enters Damn. her dorm 
if that isn't the biggest simp behavior, that's I, I don't know what is. This, this is this dude flew. This dude flew to an entirely different coast. All for the sake of getting back together. Like this is just that is that is next level. <laughs> that is next level simping. I mean, dude, I'm kinda I'm kinda <laughs> like, bro. Like you, you you all of us have an internal like like thing in our head where like I would drive this far for sex, but would you fly across the country for sex? That, and that is that yeah, that's, this dude well yeah, because because the implicate because I don't know if we're look logically looking at it, like this dude is in the hole hundreds of dollars. <laughs> like not just like, ooh, he ooh, he's out of he's out of a hundred fifty. Like, no, it's like it's like five hundred dollars that he's just that's just poof gone like okay so back at the dorms jason knocks on the door rebecca sits alone in the dorm and just cuts up a chair with a box cutter until jason calls out sarah's name and rebecca's like huh interesting so jason like he wrote a note and then slid it under the door rebecca picks it up but then in the library sarah studies in the shower rebecca like dyes her hair and starts to dress like sarah and even puts on her necklace back at the dorm. Then at some hotel, Rebecca steals a room key, goes to room 210 where Jason is staying, enters, strips down and cuddles right up with Jason, but he can't see her because it's night. So, I mean, I guess him and Sarah were perfect together because he just kind of fucking rolls with it. But then Dude, he, again, he's A-OK with it. He's just chill. Like, oh my God. We you know it's OK because he sees the tattoo and he was thinking it's all good. But then Rebecca pulls out the box cutter and then fucking stabs Jason in the heart. We get a shitty PG-13 stabbing. It is. It's so lame. It's so there's again, there's no there's no music to like hem it up a little bit. And there's no and there was no suspense beforehand to make to make it weighty in any capacity. It's just oh, Jason got stabbed. Okay, just like "Ah, that sucks. You're like, bye, Jason. Like, that's the extent of it. That is literally the extent of it. And it's just so frustrating. So then Sarah gets a text from back with uh, the library. Sarah gets a text from Irene. You know, she wants to, you know, see him. And then back at the frat house, Stephen can't find Sarah. So, you know, um, Sarah leaves a voicemail to Stephen saying like, oh, I'm going to go see Irene at her place. Then at Irene's place, Sarah enters, takes the elevator up, goes inside. But there's a sign that's like in, I don't fucking know, French or something. And Sarah enters. The lights are all off. And Sarah wanders through the bedroom. Well, it's like she wanders through, sees the bedroom. And inside the bedroom, we get a shitty fucking jump scare where they just fucking blasted our fucking ear. This is what I was talking about earlier, where they just fucking blasted our eardrums. And yeah, mm-hmm. Irene's now tied to the fucking bed. Then Rebecca comes out of nowhere, points a gun at Sarah, and is like, I just wanted to be your friend. And Sarah's like, I am your friend. <laughs> And Rebecca's like, you betrayed me. I protected you from that whore, Tracy, and that nasty kitten, and the professor, and the nasty ex. And this is how you repay me by leaving me. And I was like, leave. I was like, leave Cuddles out of this, you asshole. Oh, don't you bring, don't you bring Cuddles into that, you fuck. <laughs> how dare you? How dare you utter utter their name? <laughs> so Rebecca's like, I forgive you. Now we can start all over again. You know, it's just like the first day, the two of us together. But then she pulls out a plastic bag puts it over Irene's head and Rebecca points the gun at Sarah, smacks her with it. And then we get a fucking fight scene. 
Rebecca's fighting dirty, goes for the gun, but Sarah locks the door, takes the bag off of Irene's face, and okay, but rapid fire, what happens? Okay, <laughs> here we go. So you Sarah, ready? You ready? You ready? You ready? Okay. So Sarah goes to the fire escape while Rebecca is just turning furniture over, looking for the gun. She finds it, breaks the door down, bursts in, goes to shoot Irene. But Stephen comes in, fucking football tackles Rebecca like we're back and never back down. And Rebecca Hell shoots yeah. the mirror, then the curtain. Rebecca's holding on to this curtain that's broken off the edge of the building. And now she's holding on the edge for dear life. Stephen fucking punches Rebecca like he's in never back down. Absolutely. <laughs> These hands are ready for everyone. Now Sarah tries to climb back up. Steven takes the gun from Rebecca, but Rebecca wakes up, hits Steven on the back of the head, knocking him out. Rebecca pulls Sarah up. Sarah takes the gun, points it at Rebecca. Sarah pulls the trigger. It doesn't fire. And Rebecca's like, oh, fuck, you don't love me. And she starts pouting. Now she's really mad. Rebecca and Sarah like are throwing hands. Rebecca hits Sarah with like a lamp. Rebecca strangles her. Sarah passes out, except she doesn't. She says, you were never my friend, which, you know, feels kind of harsh. I mean, y'all obviously hung out. Again, good- again, a little on the mean side, but okay. I'm like, you know, y'all obviously hung out, you know, but, you know. Yeah. I was like, it's like, it may not have been good friends, but like, you, you're friends at least. And then she goes, but now Sarah has the box cutter and then stabs Rebecca in the back, like in never back down. No, he does. Uh, so- <laughs> that was my favorite part of the movie is when in the middle of their fist fight where he turns, pulls out a box cutter and stabs him square in the back. So Rebecca dies. Sarah goes to check if she's actually dead, but we get one last little ugh, jump scare. Now, now Rebecca actually dies. Uh, Sarah gets her necklace back. Sarah goes to check on Steven, who was only asleep. So then, okay, the next day, Sarah returns to her dorm, perfectly content with the fact that she just killed a man or person. <laughs> and, you know, Steven comes by, says, hey, and Sarah's like, oh, I don't think I'll be getting a roommate. And they take the bed out of the dorm that she was in. And just fucking leaves it in the hallway. And, um, yeah, we end on some, you know, happy, happy, positive music. And just like a fart in the wind, this movie comes and this movie goes. Absolutely. Fucking in and out like a like a fast food burrito. Like it is just there is no, nothing, no fanfare, no, no hyping up for a sequel. It's just, yup, that's it. And you're like, oh, OK. So uh, yeah. so some of my thoughts. After after we've mm. after we're uh, after we've gotten through the 2011 movie The Roommate, this is a bad horror movie or sorry thriller movie. It's a movie where I feel like things should be happening, but nothing happens. Our lead character Sarah is written to be a complete dunce and lack any common sense or people reading abilities. Minka K like Minka K like she does fine, and Cam Gigante does fine as well. It's basically, like I said, it's basically the same version of his never back down character. And he's a little bit more humble, but Rebecca, like she's there. She tries to play crazy, but just doesn't really feel committed. This movie is boring. Nothing really mm-hmm. of stakes happens at times. And the thriller side nope. of things is like drinking a flat Coke during a hangover. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. on Amazon, the words they use to describe this movie are suspense, Horror, cerebral, and terrifying. No, I want to look at those words real quick. <laughs> suspense. You've kind of seen throughout this movie. Through the editing or the soundtrack, I don't get that suspense. The performance of Rebecca's actress doesn't feel threatening at all, like a I don't fucking know, like a Tony Collette and hereditary. Horror. Mm-hmm. 
There is none. Except for maybe that cheap jump scare where they just fucking startled me with a loud noise. Cerebral. It's a movie about a woman with a mental illness. That's about as cerebral as it gets in terms of the brain. There's not much that this movie leaves you with once it's done. The best cerebral movies leave you thinking afterwards. Like, like you know, oh, I wonder, I wonder you know, what, what does this movie mean? Like after watching Pi or Requiem for a Dream or Inception, like it leaves you, it leaves you thinking and theorizing about it. Yeah. And you want to know what I thought after this movie? What, did, what was your cerebral moment? I was like, damn, I got a pizza in the fridge. You know, when do I want to eat that? Yeah. I don't, exactly, I don't, I don't want to exactly. just you know, leave it in there. Yeah, mine was, yeah, I'll tell you what mine was. Mine was, oh, damn, I think I still have some white chocolate raspberry ice cream in the freezer. <laughs> like, oh, damn, I probably like, got uh, like, that. Like, yeah, I was like, I was like, oh, yeah, I was like, I think I got some, got a couple scoops in there. <laughs> and then lastly, terrifying, there is none. I mean, see horror. No, fuck yeah. no. I mean, th- those are like, those are my thoughts. Mike, do you have any final thoughts on The Roommate? You kind see, you kind of just, you kind of just, got all of got, got all of my thoughts out on it as well like it's just everything it set out to do it didn't all of its characters look like they're phoning it in and if it turns out that they weren't godspeed to their acting careers mm-hmm. because oh my god like it just like minka kelly's character especially is the most heinous in my opinion like at least Leighton Meester playing the antagonist, at least she attempted. Mm-hmm. She, you can obviously tell that she's trying. She's half-assing it still, but she's trying. Mm-hmm. Minka Kelly is just wets is just fucking a nothing burger of a character. I mean, I partially blame that on the writing rather than the performance. Is, I mean, she's just kind of playing what's, what's been given. But it's like, but like all of her lines are delivered so flatly. Mm-hmm. And it in a lot of her and a lot of her like lines when she delivers them, it feels almost like a whisper speak. It feels like when she talks, it's like, oh yeah, of course, yeah, we can, yeah, of course we can do that. Like, there's no like weight volume change. It's just a constant st- string of that voice. And Cam Gigante is just fucking doing never back down, but just again, but like grown the fuck up. So you're like, oh. I mean, if, all right, I get either this is you or like you're just phoning it in. So it's kind of like it's kind of like no one really cared for this movie in either in either way you slice it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, those are those are my thoughts. Yeah, well, dude, I mean, I think I think that does it for this episode of the Messed Up at Midnight podcast. Go follow us Instagram, mm-hmm. Twitter, YouTube. You guys know the deal. And uh, yeah, yep. stay up to date with all what all we got going on. Go rate us, guys. Go give us five stars, mm-hmm. please. So yeah, that does it. That does it for me, Mike. Do you have anything? Do you have anything you want to add? You should copy your one of your friends' style to a T for one entire month and not tell them that you're doing it. See how they react. Copy everything that they do. Everything. Order exactly. See how they react. Go out to a restaurant. Get exactly what they get down to a fucking T. And just fucking, Mm -hmm. again, just start living like them and just see what happens. Exactly. Exactly. See what happens. All right, guys. Well, you know, that does it. And we'll see y'all next week. See you next week, everybody.